The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to Absent Minded, it's Patrick Bexel and I'm bringing you in Chris Peters from Flow Hockey and Talking Hockey Sense podcast to talk about the Fresh Prince of Montreal maybe, Will <laughs> Smith. Um, Chris, it's always good to have you on, how have you been? I've been great, you know, thanks for having me Patrick, it's always good to be on the show. Um, yeah, it's the busiest uh two-month sprint here coming up uh or not even you know however many weeks we have left till the draft it's 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 come very quickly as it always seems to but yeah really excited to to be doing it uh, it's like you have the draft and then you have a month off and then it all starts with the Linka tournament again so yeah. uh, <laughs> not, not not much time to relax no let's talk about will smith fantastic under 18 tournament um has crept up the rankings the whole way through uh, all through the year, um, scoring records in in the uh, U.S. national team development program. Why has he been so successful this year? Well, I think there's there's a couple reasons. The first, you know, let's focus simply on what he's done this year. I think that he he built strength in the off season. I think he improved his skating to a certain degree as well. It's still not an amazing trade. It's not one of his strengths, you would say. But he's he's become a better skater than he was last year. I think that he's you know just grown in confidence and and was was able to do things this year that he wasn't able to do last year. I mean, you know, he he did make the world under eighteen team last year as an underager, played a very limited role, however, um, and then this year obviously had the twenty points that that tied Jack Hughes for the most ever by an American in the tournament, and only one point shy of the single tournament record. Um, this is sweet. You know, let's be honest. <laughs> he said, right, right. So, <laughs> but, but, you know, for, for him too, you know, the, the fact that he did play on a line with Gabe Perot and Ryan Leonard certainly helped. Those guys had remarkable chemistry. They're all going to Boston College next year. Um, I think he's just, you know, an exceptional, has exceptional vision and hockey sense, and that allowed him to maximize those players. I think him and, and Gabe Perot think the game at a similar level. Um, and then you've got a, a tremendous finisher in Ryan Leonard who just knew where to be and and, and was able to get the puck there. But, um, you know, so I, I think that we it was a combination of many things. And then being in the right situation allowed him to have such a successful and productive season. But the reason he's higher in the draft rankings is because he's really improved himself. He's, you know, and, and has become a real uh, driving center, play driving center, which, uh, you know, is always going to have value in a draft. Looking at it, you mentioned skating. Some has, as you mentioned, he has taken steps forward with his skating. He's He's always been agile. He's been, it's been good enough to have a good acceleration, he, but his edge work is not that top level. His, um, what should I say, his backstrokes is is not also that great. Uh, but that is 
you know, mechanical. These are things that can be improved with the right circumstances, right? Yeah, typically. I mean, you know, I think that there's he, he's got a general lack of explosiveness, you know, in terms of, you know, that burst up the ice which I think is one of the areas that he's improved. Um, you know, I, I, I don't have a ton of concern about his, um, his edge work just because he does have that natural built-in agility that I think will improve the, the edges and the, and his ability to make cuts and, and, and getting to the interior of the ice. You know, I think that he, he thinks the game at such a high level too. That's the other thing is, is, that can really make up for any deficiencies in the skating department. If you anticipate well enough, if you, um, if you're able to, you know, just drive, drive play like he does, you know, the skating uh, while it matters, doesn't necessarily have to become a huge weakness. And there are plenty of guys in the NHL that, that, that had grades as bad skaters um, that have found a way because they have superior hockey sense. Let's talk about that hockey sense. First and foremost, overall, it's great. It's 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 super strong. It's exactly what you're looking for in a center. Um, he thinks the game fast, but he also, in some ways, controls the game very fast. He has his own pace, and he can set that pace to the game. Yeah, I would agree. That's that's accurate. I mean, I think that he dictates the pace of a shift, you know, based on the way that he controls the puck, and he's going to be the guy that's carrying the puck into the zone. He's going to be the guy going through the neutral zone, so that gives him a lot of control already. Um, what what I think really fascinates me about Will is just his un- understanding of where everyone is in the offensive zone. He knows where the holes are. He knows where his teammates are. He knows when he has to take the puck to the net. Sometimes he can get caught getting a, you know being a little too. Uh, you know, selfish in terms of, and not, not necessarily in the, in the bad way, but just in that, you know, he, he has such confidence in his puck handling ability that sometimes he's going to try to go through too many defenders and then he, he leaves himself fewer options. And that's really the only time where you say, Hey, you're smarter than that. You could probably find a play in there as opposed to just having a little bit of tunnel vision. Um, Cause normally he doesn't, I think he sees the ice exceptionally well. The vision is such a huge part of hockey sense where, you know, it's just the feel for the offensive game. And that's where he's, he's made such significant strides um you know just beneath the, the offensive blue line he has so many options available to him at all times it seems and and that's been you know really one of the strengths of his game throughout you mentioned this being a little bit selfish maybe doing overdoing some things or, or thinking he's getting away with some things let's be honest here because obviously i'm from europe and, and we're used to having these young players going into pro leagues and and measuring up against men and where where game is going faster and and uh, you have to you can't really do those things is this because he's played with the national team the whole time or is it an and junior hockey rather than maybe taking that next step level that is all an opportunity yeah. and 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 maybe a little bit of a curse for European players because not everyone makes it. Right. You know, it's, it's an interesting dynamic in terms of, you know, understanding development and also what players need And there, you know, you can make a case that it's better for a player to play in junior where they're going to be able to gain confidence, try things, fail at things, you know, um, and maybe, you know, not have to worry about their ice time suffering as much where at the professional level, there's such premium on winning as opposed to development. Now you've got, and I mean, there's a premium on winning no matter where you're at, but there's an understanding, at least in junior hockey, that developing the players is the central tenant of of that organization and uh, and that level of hockey. And so, you know, I think for for European players, they have to mature quickly and they have to, you know, kind of adjust. And sometimes they'll have, you know, 
maybe they will play big minutes, maybe they won't, but then they also learn what does and doesn't work a lot quicker than some of these other guys do. And we've seen plenty of players that have gone, you know, straight from junior to, to the NHL or even to the AHL mm-hmm. where they had habits that needed to be broken. Um, and I think that that's one of the things where Will Smith going into college next year, some of the things that he did this year is not going to be, he's not going to be able to do it next year. And that'll be the start of that learning experience. We saw the same thing happen with Logan Cooley this year. Mm -hmm. He is a guy that loves to have the puck going into the zone. And we saw this year at the very beginning of the season, he got caught a lot. They were, you know, trying to get through, you know, you might get through the first layer, but you're not going to get through the second layer or the third layer, you know, so you have to make sure that you're, you're able to do that. And I think that's what college will help Will Smith into that transition. I, I, but I think, yeah, he's at this point, he just was able to control pretty much every game he played. And and that NTDP team played college teams and he was just as dominant against them. Uh, we'll see exactly what happens when he's playing a full college season though. Indeed. You, you mentioned going to, to Boston college with his line mates from, from the national team, obviously. Um, what can we expect from a year going into, to, to college? You mentioned Logan Coley having to be brought down a little bit or brought to heel. Uh, we saw it with Owen power a little bit as well. Uh, Cole yeah, you know, struggled his first year. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 a lot bigger of a jump than I think most players realize from junior to college. The pace is different. The players are older, stronger. Um, you know, they're more experienced. They know more tricks of the trade. So it, you know, it does humble players pretty quickly. Um, the the thing that I expect though, especially since he's got his line mates going in with him, I think those guys are going to have that instant chemistry. They're going to find ways to to beat co- collegiate defenses. They might not do it a ton early. But I think they'll progress very well. Fully expect all three of them to be part of the world junior team as well, probably on the same line again. You know, so there are going to be all these different experiences that those guys are going to have in this season, and especially Will Smith. Um, that that they're just, you know, they're they're going to be on the trajectory of players that should have, you know, has star potential in the NHL. Um, and that's what I think, you know, Will Smith in particular has with the dynamic ability. Um, so, you know, I think it, we'll be talking about a player that had a very strong freshman season. Um, maybe the production isn't as astronomical as we saw this year, but I think that he'll have a very strong productive season that will uh, will definitely put him in the mix to be, you know, end of season awards and different things like that. Maybe not the Hobie Baker, but, you know, Hockey East and different things like that. He very well could be in the mix for those because he is a, a, an exceptional talent. I think uh, you know it's time for uh, Lane Hudson to at least get the Hobie Baker next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, if he keeps doing stuff like he just did at the World Championship Exhibition game, he's gonna have no problem winning the Hobie Baker. I mean, and honestly, he would have been in my top three this year. Yeah. I didn't have a vote, but you know, he's yeah. I mean, gosh, how excited can you be about that guy? He's he's mm-hmm. just such a sensational player. We're talking to Chris Peters. You find him at Chris M Peters at Twitter. You find him at Flow Hockey. You find him on his own podcast, Talking Hockey Sense. There's been, you know, obviously the Conor Bedard race. And then we have the three others that has in, in <laughs> yeah. at, at times challenged each other for that second spot. And uh, unfortunately, we're not going to see due to obvious reasons, obviously, uh, naturally. Matvey um, Mechkov at the World Championships. But we're going to see Fantelli and we're going to see Carlson. And we're going to see uh, Will Smith. What kind of expectations can we have on those three? And can, because there has been talk in, in mock drafts and we have heard Columbus clamoring a little bit about maybe taking Will Smith. Um, first and foremost, so, so this is a long question. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, can he break into top three? Uh, second, 
where do you see the other two go? Because let's face it, Fontelli will probably go number second. Yeah, we th- we you know we think that he'll go second for sure, but you know that's that's the thing is is that I think we've started to hear more about Will Smith potentially creeping in there, potentially mm-hmm. taking a spot from one of those guys, and and you know I think that the reason since since Anaheim ended up with the number two pick, I think it's less likely they go with a Will Smith because he's kind of he's kind of like Ty, Ty, Trevor Zegers and Troy mm-hmm. Terry, very you know kind of very similar to both of those players. I think you might just want to get a little bit more size, a little more speed in your down the middle of your lineup. And that's what Fantilli offers. But I think there's at least a, a conversation that could be had that Will Smith goes ahead of Leo Carlson. You know, I think that that's, that's going to be interesting. Um, Carlson is, has a size advantage. I think his hockey sense is, is comparable. His ability to make plays is comparable. He doesn't have great feet either. So that's another kind of thing. So, you know, I, I think that whichever between, Smith and Carlson in particular, I think the question is going to become, which one do you feel is the best at a, as a play driving center? Are either of them even center centers? I mean, that's the other thing that has kind of been brought up about both players. Do they have the pace and the defensive capabilities to be a center at the NHL level? We, you know, we've seen Leo Carlson play mostly wing, um, but there's an expectation that he projects more favorably as a center in the NHL. um, And we'll have to wait and see if that's true. I think both of them have that potential. I think Smith is is definitely a center. I think he drives play too much. So you want to have him have the puck as much as possible, but certainly he needs to improve in some of the defensive elements of his game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's going to be fascinating to watch the World Championship in particular. I think especially Fantilli versus Mitch or for for versus Carlson. You know, those two guys are going to get an opportunity with a top team, and um, you know, to have probably play, you know, some. You know, I don't know how what, what kind of minutes they're going to end up getting, but if either one of those guys has a big tournament, then all of a sudden we maybe we do have a, a deeper conversation about number two, or maybe you know, or who goes at number three and all those other things. So there's a lot left to play for um, here at the World Championship, especially for those guys. And then you know, Will Smith is kind of like, hey, I just did my thing at the U18s. I'm good. We're good. You know, like that's that's my last impression. Um, and so yeah, so I think it'll be really interesting to see. Uh, where everything shakes out after the world championship, because, you know, that it's not just a small sample. We're not just judging things off of the world championship, but what does that add to the conversation of these players? And as it is seen in the warm up games, uh, Carlson will play center. Yeah. Uh, and and we know some Hallam has not shine away from in club hockey playing youngsters like Elias Patterson with heavy minutes. So they're and, and giving them the opportunities to shine. Yep. Um, in in your mock draft here, I'm putting you on the edge after about 15 minutes. Who, wh- where do you think Carlson and Smith goes? Let's say Fantelli goes second. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's it's tough. I I think that you know Columbus is probably in my mock draft. I had him taking Mitchkov, but I think you know, it, it, given more time to think about it. You know, and I will have more mock drafts. There will be updates and things like that. Give more time to think about it, and certainly what based on what Yarmo Kekalainen said, you know that there, there's a there's a strong likelihood they're going to go after a center. I think it could be Smith or Carlson at this point. Um, you know, I think either one makes sense. I'd probably lean towards Carlson, especially you know if he's going to have this opportunity at the World Championship to prove himself as a center. You know, that really could could move the needle for him. Um, so that makes you know that 
it's going to put the the Habs in a very interesting situation because we don't know what the Sharks are going to do. We, you know, that we don't know what Columbus is going to do. And that could leave potentially Matt Vamichkov there, could leave Will Smith there, could leave even Leo Carlson there for all we know. There's a lot of different options. Either way, picking in the top five this year, you've got a really good chance to to land an impact prospect and a guy that can fit into your lineup either, you know, in a couple of more than likely in a couple of years as opposed to next year. You know, so that's that's the other thing that you kind of have to look forward to is that there's there's actually some really good pieces there that can make a significant dent in a in a prospect pool that's, you know, been pretty that has plenty to be happy about in terms of the guys they have. You know, Slavkovsky, I think, will bounce back. You know, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, Logan Mayu had a good season in the OA. NHL. There's all sorts of different things that that could happen. Lane Hudson, of course, had having his season. So, you know, I think options are going to be available to the to the Habs at five that are going to be very strong. Indeed. You've been listening to Chris Peters at Chris M. Peters. Follow him on Twitter. Always a nice guy. I'm sure we'll have him back for top 25 under 25 as a regular occurrence. <laughs> uh, always happy to have you on, Chris. Any parting thoughts for for this year's draft? Any slow risers that you want to highlight? Oh, man. You know, it's going to be interesting. One of the guys that I'm really excited to see where he goes is Ryan Leonard, who scored the game-winning goal. um, uh, I can't hear you. I can't oh. hear you. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking oh, because you, it was. Oh, I was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, he, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, sorry about, sorry, sorry, team Sweden. Um, But, you know, I think that there have been a lot of, there have actually been a lot of talk throughout the season about, you know, the order in which the NTDP players go. And there are absolutely some teams out there that feel really strongly about Ryan Leonard as, as an option. He's a very skilled player. He doesn't, uh, he's, he's a good skater. He's got, physicality um you know there are a lot of teams that feel like he's the kind of player that you win with and sorry usa did win with him you know with him scoring the winning goal uh you know and that's that's the thing it's not just about the the physical game and his ability to grind it and work but his scoring ability is is near the top of the class as well he's got a great shot at 51 goals this season um and does he disrupt things in the top 10 i think you know in the top five very well could um, you know, the fact that he's a wing, um, you know, maybe limits that potential a little bit because he's a wing that's not Matt Bay Mitchkov, but Mitchkov question is going to change everything too. We don't know where he'll go. Um, you know, it could be, could very well be within that top five. It could be outside of the top five. I don't think he goes any further than eight or nine. Um, but you know, I think that's probably the, where we can expect, but yeah, I mean, that th- it's, it's going to be a fascinating draft. I think Leonard in there, um, where the first defenseman goes, all of those things are going to make a real impact on on the first round and on the first uh, you know ten picks of this draft. So really excited to see how it all shakes out. And you know, I think this has been one of the more fun drafts to to follow, just because there is so many there are so many quality players, but there's also so much uncertainty about the order in which they'll go, which is which is always a fun thing. Thank you, Chris. Always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for taking the time out of the midday, I guess, lunch hour for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, pretty much. (laughs) We're looking forward to have you on again. Thank you so much. Thank you.